The following is a hoop ball presentation. Hello and welcome back to the Sports Ethos Atlanta Hawks Team Coverage Podcast, formerly known as Hoop Ball Hawks. We cover everything regarding the Atlanta Hawks. I'm yours, Brad Harden, recording live from Atlanta, Georgia, right after the second game against the Detroit Pistons for your Atlanta Hawks. And the Hawks go in and sweep the Pistons up in Motown. Took the first game on Wednesday night, 118-113, and then blew the doors off of the Pistons tonight, 136-112. And... They interviewed Trey Young after game one and asked the star for the Hawks if they saw this as a playoff type format. I mean, for those of you who don't know, Hawks played the Pistons on the road back to back games Wednesday night and Friday night. So it's kind of like game one and two of a playoff series. And Trey Young said, no, we're just focused on one game and then taking it one game at a time and then moving on to the next game. And that is the right approach. And they definitely took that approach. But it really did feel like the first two games of a playoff series. You know, their first game, no matter the familiarity, game one is usually feeling out, highly competitive. Usually the team that plays harder wins and executes better wins. And that's what happened down the stretch for the Hawks. They were able to execute in that fourth quarter, get some separation, get some stops in the fourth quarter in game one and pull it out over the Detroit Pistons. And then it was funny. People were tweeting, is it bad that the Hawks have been, quote unquote, struggling against teams that are lottery teams? And I kind of chuckled at the tweet because they're still NBA professionals. I mean, no matter the talent level, and certainly these are games we're supposed to win. I mean, the Hawks should be 5-0. and They should have beaten the Hornets. No excuse, but it was a wake-up call, as you saw, for the Hawks to compete more. And certainly game one, the Pistons brought it, and they competed on both ends of the floor, which made it a close game. And then Hawks had a chance to watch film, don't have to travel. You're playing them in two days after you beat them Wednesday. Find some things that worked on film. And then tonight, it was a very, very competitive, high-scoring first half. The Pistons were able to get pretty much anything they wanted offensively. And then the Hawks made adjustments, answered the call as far as Navy Mellon challenging them to step up on a defensive end. And then you go into the second half start off on a 12-3 run, and then you pretty much never look back. I mean, they thoroughly outscored this Pistons team in the second half. Uh, They put up 37 third-quarter points in the Hawks, 30 points in the fourth quarter, and they let the Pistons only score 27 in that third quarter and only 18 points allowed in the fourth quarter. So as the game got on, they got better defensively. They tightened up asserted their dominance and they were able to score points and score a lot of easy baskets and it led 
to the win tonight. And I think it was a product of seeing them the night before, knowing what it was going to work, some things that they needed to do differently. They did not shoot well from the three in that first game at all. They ended up shooting 36% from three, which isn't terrible in hindsight, but they definitely let the Pistons shoot much better from the three ball, especially Bogdanovich. He went off in that first game. When you look at the numbers, the Hawks shot just below 50% from the floor in game one versus 46% for the Pistons. 36% from three, as I mentioned. The Pistons shot just under 44%. Uh, Hawks won the free throw margin as far as percentage-wise. They out-rebounded the Pistons. 22-team assist. They won even though that number was below what I like for it to be, but they moved the ball. They had steals, six steals, 12 blocks, which was big. They really tightened up down the stretch. And John Collins, Capella have been really big as far as blocks. John Collins has been blocking a lot of shots, and he's in the top 10 right now in blocks per game in the NBA to start the season. 12 turnovers. They scored 14 points off of Pistons turnovers. 11 fast break points. They outscored the Pistons in the paint. So it was a tightly contested game. It really came down to can you get stops in the fourth quarter and can you execute offensively and talent won out in that game. But certainly, you know, you want to dominate teams like the Pistons. And so they answered the call the second night. They definitely did. They definitely answered the call. Going back to the numbers from the first night, John Collins had a really good game. Four blocks again, 19 points, 11 rebounds, 9 of 14 from the floor. DeAndre Hunter had a really good game, especially in the fourth, uh, fourth quarter. Uh, he did foul out, but 17 points, 2 of 3 from 3, 7 of 10 from the floor. Capella with 6 points, 10 rebounds. His defense was Probably the X factor, especially in the second half and particularly the fourth quarter. His defense in the paint was the difference maker down the stretch, in my opinion. Trey Young went berserk, scoring the ball. 35 points, 6 assists, 3 rebounds. He was 9 of 21 from the floor and 1 of 7 from 3. He was the player of the game for the Hawks. Uh, no question about that. They could not stop him. They didn't have an answer for Trey Young this entire two-game stretch, and we're going to talk about his numbers tonight here in a bit. Uh, DeJounte Murray did struggle in the game one. Uh, he did what he had to do defensively, and he did what he had to do to get rebounds, get assists. He had eight rebounds, eight assists. Finished with 14 points, five of eight shooting from the floor, two of six from three. He um, His impact was on the defensive end for sure, and when a shot wasn't falling, he was doing other things to try to help the team win, which is what you love to see from Murray. But he would respond in game two as well. Okongu off the bench, 10 points. He was 100% from the floor, had three rebounds. Aaron Holiday, who had a, two really good games in Detroit, 10 points in the first game, four of eight shooting from the floor, knocked down both of his threes, two rebounds, two assists. And as I mentioned, Bogdanovich for the Pistons led the team in scoring with 33 points in the first game. He had six three-pointers. Uh, Sadiq Bey had 17 points. Uh, two three-pointers from him. Uh, Cade Cunningham, he's going to be a really good player in this league, guys. Cade Cunningham is really good. He had two really good games against the Hawks. Uh, the first game, 26 points, six assists, eight rebounds, 11 of 25 from the floor, one of three from three. Uh, Livers off the bench, power forward for the Pistons, 12 points off of four made three-pointers. 
Uh, Jalen Duran, the rookie, seven points, nine rebounds. Achilles Hayes, only five points. And Diallo with four points off the bench. It was a competitive first game. And as I said, it felt like not playoff defense in that first game, but definitely playoff effort trying to get the win, filling each other out. And the team who competed the hardest and played the hardest and executed more won that game. And that's what happened. And like I said, people were trying to poke holes in the win just because of the opponent. And, I mean, Detroit's a young team. We should beat them. You would hope to blow them out, which the Hawks would end up doing in the second game. But we need to stop trying to poke holes in wins. Wins are wins at this point. If you can, I can, I will continue to say this. If you continue to win games early on in the season, it's going to make things easier down the stretch. They got two wins back to back on the road in Detroit. You should win those games. But the thing that I like the most about this two game stretch is that they competed, they focused on defensive and getting stops, and they tightened up defensively especially in the second half of both games and just like the Orlando and Houston young teams are going to play hard they're young they have young legs they're ex- they're trying to make a point in the NBA trying to establish themselves in the NBA they're going to play hard and I think sometimes as fans we look at records of teams and we think of recent history and thinking we should blow out teams and they suck and blah, blah, blah. At the end of the day, these are professionals. They work hard on their craft and they're going to play hard. And you must match that energy or surpass that energy and effort to win an NBA game. I mean, execution, energy, effort on both ends of the floor is what mostly wins games in professional levels or collegiate levels. You obviously are going to be prepared. You're going to be trained. You're going to try to be as healthy as you possibly can to get your body ready. But at the end of the day, you got to bring energy. You got to be effort. You got to be you got to be focused. And you have to execute. And the Hawks did that more than the Pistons. They're a older team in retrospect and they have more experience, so they did that in game 1 and then you flip the script game 2. It looked like it was going to be the same type of game early on. I mean, the Pistons came out swinging. They came out swinging in the first first half. I mean, it was close. I mean, it was 35 to 29 at the end of the first quarter. The Pistons actually outscored the Hawks in the second quarter, and it was a two-point game going into halftime. The Hawks were up. And you're going to have to bring it. You're going to have to bring it. You're going to have to bring it. And certainly, they answered the call, and they responded. The Hawks won tonight 136-112. Uh I want to say it was like a 140 offensive rating tonight, which is absurd. And then you lock up on a defensive end in in the fourth quarter specifically, but second half in totality to perform the way you did. I mean, they overcame a career high 35 points from Kate Cunningham and Kate Cunningham was going berserk in the first half. He was getting any and everything that he wanted in that first half. And, you still win on the road. Like, it's a, this is a really good win. This is a very good win. This was a dominant 
win in the type of win that you want. Well, like I said, these are two wins on the road against the same opponent that you wanted to get right on after your loss to Charlotte. You got right. You hung your hat on defense. You found some rhythm offensively. And now you can carry this rhythm into a tough matchup tomorrow night on a back-to-back versus Milwaukee. You blew out the Pistons tonight. Got to rest some starters down the stretch. Uh, Trey Young went berserk through three quarters and got to rest. Uh, Murray got back in a rhythm offensively tonight. You saw some things from Okongwu. You saw some A.J. Griffin minutes, and he looked good in his minutes. Jalen Johnson looked good in his minutes. So you got to see some things in a game where you out-executed, out-hustled, and you played defense and got stops, and it allows you to get some people on the floor that people want to see, get them some minutes, and get your starters, more importantly, some rest flying over to Milwaukee, a short flight, but the second out of a back-to-back. And if I'm looking at the schedule, I don't think Milwaukee played tonight. Milwaukee did play tonight. They played the Knicks and won 119-108. So they're going to be on the second out of a back-to-back as well. So there's no excuses. No excuses. The Hawks are now going to be 4-1. And right now they are currently second in the Eastern Conference. It's early. It's early. But second in the Eastern Conference, you're going to take on the team that's number one in the East. And one of my favorites to win it all this year, the Milwaukee Bucks. And the Milwaukee Bucks are the only undefeated team in the NBA at this point right now. Everyone has at least one loss except this Milwaukee Bucks team. You know about Giannis. No Middleton yet. He still has not played this year. But you know you're going to have Drew Holiday to worry about. You know you're going to have Brooke Lopez who can stretch the floor and rebound. Uh, Javon Carter's a tough defensive guard to go alongside of Drew Holiday. So defensively, that front court is going to bring it to Trey Young and DeJounte Murray. So that's definitely going to be a matchup I'm watching. Uh, Grayson Allen's had a really good year uh, to start the season, no matter how you feel about Grayson Allen. And you still got Bobby Portis off the bench, a vet in Wesley Matthews. You still have George Hill. So this is a team full of vets where you cannot get away with the mistakes just like in the Hornets game, you cannot get away with the mistakes. You have a veteran coach, a veteran team. Most of the nucleus is still there from that championship run a couple seasons ago. And this is not a game that you're going to have to get the Hawks up for. They're going to be up for them. And we've already seen them twice this year in Abu Dhabi in the preseason. We had some success against them. It's the regular season. They're going to have a different intensity. I'm sure they're going to remember those two games. They're going to watch film on those two games. These are two different teams at this point early in the season. So it's going to be a very interesting matchup tomorrow. You already know Giannis is a walking mismatch. You know Trey Young likes to get up for these games. Uh, DeAndre Hunter loves playing against the Bucks. He has to usually get some good games there. And John Collins as well. And now you add Murray. Murray's going to be an X-Factor, which is why his performance tonight was probably the most important piece of this win tonight. He responded after struggling in the first game against the Pistons with a resounding, resounding in a very, very efficient night offensively from the floor. And then he does what he normally does on a nightly basis from defense and 
just get steals, be disruptive, and really is the leader alongside of Capella defensively for this Hawks team. And as I said the numbers about Murray the night before, like I said, rebounded, 26 points from him, 12 of 21 from the floor, 2 of 6 from 3, 5 assists, 4 rebounds, uh, no steals tonight, no blocks, but he still was an impact on the defensive end. I loved seeing him get in rhythm, especially in that, in that mid-range. He has been probably around 30, 35. Uh, he's about, about 35, 36% from three to start the season. I want to say 35, but if you're getting that from him, I'll take that on a nightly basis. So it was great to see him get right tonight. Trey Young did Trey Young things, 36 points. It was probably the most efficient night he's had all year, uh, shooting the ball 12 of 20 from the floor, four or six from three, 12 assists, two rebounds, and again, 36 points in three quarters. Three quarters of play and only one turnover, one turnover there. Hawks really took care of the ball tonight, and it starts with your backcourt, and Murray and Trey Young both combined for just one turnover. So that's a win. That's an absolute win. John Collins didn't score as much tonight. Four points, 10 rebounds, one assist, but three blocks. Like I said, he's been blocking a lot of shots lately. And I don't want to go the rest of this podcast without saying we need to give John credit on the defensive end this year. He has really stepped up defensively, blocking shots. He had a great chase down block in the first game against the Pistons on Wednesday night that led to points on the other end. Uh, he seems really locked in on that side of the floor. And between him being bought in, and I talked about this going into the season, him being bought in defensively, you already know what Hunter can do, Capella can do, and Murray's reputation. This is a team that's going to be de- better defensively. And the numbers are going to show that. I'm not going to dive into them yet. I want to wait after this road trip to dive into it because – there's going to be some tough teams this road trip. You're going to see these Bucks. You're going to see the Toronto Raptors on this road trip. You're going to see the New York Knicks who are playing better this year to start the season. Um, still, we should beat the Knicks, but still they're playing well. They're playing with confidence. So this is the – it was important for the Hawks to get us off to a great start against the Pistons in these two games. you got to get these wins. Now you're 4-1 going – into Milwaukee against an undefeated first place Eastern Conference uh, team in the Milwaukee Bucks, who you're very, very familiar with. It's going to be a battle, second out of a back-to-back for both teams. So you, are you going to answer the challenge tomorrow night? That's what it is. I'm going to dive a little bit more into the numbers from tonight's game. But first, this quick plug. Okay, listeners, it's time to talk a little Fantasy Hoops. Now, I don't know about you. I'm in several fantasy leagues. In every fantasy league that you are in, you have a rival. Pokemon, Ash Ketchum had Gary. And I know you have your Gary out there. So it's time to beat Gary and get the insight that you need to take your stuff to the next level and win a fantasy basketball championship. Do you remember who led you to Tyrese Halliburton, DeJounte Murray, Terry Rozier, and Mikhail Bridges before any other rank list. I know which one. It's the Brewskies 150. And you probably turn those huge wins into some cash or a fantasy basketball championship. 
This year, the Brewski 150 is on sale for a limited time. And Ethos 360 subscribers can get access in less than a week. Head to sportsethos.com and click on the premium tab to grab membership information or the draft guide today. And yes, to answer your most important question, the Brewski 150 is included in both options. Check back daily for more new features and go dominate your leagues. Beat Gary with the help of Sports Ethos. All right, we are back. Still going to dive into the numbers and my takeaways from these two games against Detroit. As I mentioned, the defense from John Collins needs to be accredited. Uh, Hunter continues to be consistently in double digits. 12 points tonight, 5 of 10 from the floor, 2 of 5 from 3. Uh, did not foul out, which is good. We want to see him on the floor, certainly. Uh, Capella, he had 5 points, 11 rebounds tonight. And he did add two blocks as well. So five blocks combined from John Collins and Capella. And again, they both have been playing really well defensively to start the season. Uh, I know a lot of people have been not questioning Capella. I know I did after the first game. I didn't know how his finger was feeling. But his role as a scorer is not necessarily as needed this year. But certainly he's bringing in on the defensive end. And that's what we're going to need from him night in, night out. He's not going to get as many touches around the rim and so when he gets those touches around the rim he has to execute he has to make those uh, shots and he's going to have to defend and rebound that's what we're going to need from a nightly basis from capella this may be the year he may not average a double double he may be an eight and eleven eight and ten guy but we need those boards we need your defensive presence we need your rim protection and we need your rim running ability still on his team. So I don't want those guys to be lost in the shuffle, especially when we have the talented backcourt that we do every night. It's always going to come down to is Deandre Hunter in double digits. Is John Collins playing defense and getting his touches. He didn't get his touches tonight, but we didn't necessarily need them. He was still playing defense though. 10 rebounds and his three blocks. You're going to take that Capella. You gotta, you gotta protect the rim. You have to protect the paint and be the defensive leader that you want to be. Uh, you, you set a goal for yourself, defensive player of the year caliber, or one of the best defenders in the NBA. Whatever your goals are defensively that you put out before the season starts, it's going to be on a nightly basis, and it's going to be a key for this Hawks team for success going forward. Uh, Okongu had a great game tonight. 16 points, 7 rebounds. He was 7-10 to 10 from the floor tonight. One block, one steal, two assists. It was great to see him in rhythm offensively. A.J. Griffin, the rookie, got some clock. Only six minutes, but ten points in those six minutes. Four or six from the floor. Two of three from three. I'm going to continue to say, A.J. Griffin's the best three-point shooter on his team. He's the best shooter on his team. I'm going to continue to say that. Despite the numbers that Trey Young had tonight. Trey Young's the best scorer on his team. There's no question about that. But A.J. Griffin is the best shooter on this team, and I hope we continue to give him minutes so he can continue to prove me right and prove everybody right that we did very well drafting him. We're going to need to give him some more minutes. His shooting off the bench is definitely going to be needed, 
And I'm glad that he got some minutes tonight. He did not play in that first game against the Pistons, but obviously second out of a back-to-back, oh, sorry, first night of a back-to-back, taking on Milwaukee tomorrow night. You want to go deeper into the bench to spell your starters some minutes so their legs are a little more fresh for the game against the Milwaukee Bucks. And the Knicks were a tough out for the Bucks, So I'm really curious to see the conditioning levels for both teams tomorrow night. And it may be a game of who executes more and just sheer will. Sheer will of we have to grind this game out. We're tired. We're traveling. Uh, the Bucks had a, sec- a game tonight. They're going to have to battle through it as well. There's no excuses. And the Bucks were at home, so they have the liberty of being at home. Don't have to travel. They get to sleep in their own bed. But I expect the Hawks to bring it. I expect the Hawks to bring it tomorrow night. The Hawks are opening as a five-and-a-half-point underdog, but certainly this is going to be a tightly contested contest that I'm excited to watch tomorrow night. Uh, a little bit more into the numbers. Jalen Johnson looked good in his minutes. 26 minutes tonight was, sorry, 21 minutes tonight. Uh, Justin Holiday got 26 minutes tonight. Two of eight from the floor. He continues to struggle from three. And But we're going to need him to play because he is the depth behind DeAndre Hunter. So we're going to need him to play. Um, and our wings definitely have to do better in not being in foul trouble. Nine fouls combined between DeAndre Hunter and Justin Holiday. Got to get themselves in better defensive position. Have to still be aggressive. Naaman Millen talked about it after the game. Continue to be aggressive. But we just can't foul. We can't put ourselves in a bad situation because those are both players that are needed for success for the longevity of this season. So you're going to need them on the floor. Um, But again, Jalen Johnson, 21 minutes, 7 points, 3 or 5 from the floor, 1-3, added 5 rebounds. He continues to look more and more comfortable the more games he plays, I love his ability to bring the ball up. I love his rebounding ability. His outside shot looks like it's getting better. So it's definitely some encouraging signs from Jalen Johnson. I saw a knee-jerk reaction tweet about Jalen Johnson that he looks bad. He doesn't look like a good player. Uh, he looks like a really bad player. It's, I mean, these are some of his first consistent minutes in the NBA, guys. I mean, he had a rookie year, but it wasn't a true rookie get a lot of minutes a year. So he's still a young player. He's going to need time on the court with these players, building continuity, finding out his spacing, figuring out his role, and executing in that said role off the bench. So we need to pump the brakes. Just like people who are killing Ben Simmons right now. He hadn't played the game in 400 games, uh, 400 days, guy. Come on, calm down, calm down let's give Jalen Johnson the benefit of doubt. Let him get his legs underneath them in, in this offense, in the system, playing NBA minutes, and I guarantee you're going to start seeing results. Already like the building blocks. Like I said, his rebounding, his outside shot looks better, his ability to bring the ball up. He's an underrated passer. He had two assists tonight. Uh, Jalen Johnson's going to get better as the year goes on. So is A.J. Griffin. They're both going to get better as the season goes on. I'm excited to see how we utilize them going forward. I know Naaman Miller doesn't trust rookies, so I don't know how quickly A.J. Griffin's going to break into the rotation, but certainly with the shooting numbers that we have been seeing, seeing from him early on, I think he's going to get minutes sooner rather than later. And if and I say this before, if Justin Holiday continues to struggle shooting the ball, 
and we continue to see A.J. Griffin execute and Jalen Johnson execute, I think the 26 minutes that Justin Holiday got tonight, it was a blowout, so he got inflated minutes. But on a normal night, and I'm going to go back to the night against the Pistons the first night, Justin Holiday got 22 minutes. If you continue, if he continues to not truly execute offensively, even though we need him defensively off the bench, and he's a vet, so he's going to get a clock. Those 22 minutes are going to maybe drop down about 18, 17. And you may see Jalen Johnson's minutes on the rise. And you may see A.J. Griffin get maybe 10, 11 minutes um, and see what he can do in extended play and see how many more timely shots he can hit for the Hawks. He's a really talented offensive player. Uh, the question was defense, and that's going to take time and experience. But those young guys are going to be key going forward, and I, and I can't wait to see them here on out. And again, I've just been continually impressed with Aaron Holiday off the bench. Very underrated signing. I don't see a lot of praise for Aaron Holiday right now, but I love what he brings to this team. A veteran backup point guard who can get downhill, finish around the rim, especially being undersized, play defense, play with some intensity, and he always makes the right play. He always makes the right play. 14 points off the bench tonight, three assists, two rebounds. Again, five or six shooting from the floor. Made his lone three-pointer. So I I just love what Aaron Holiday brings to this team. And we still don't have bogey back. Uh, Travis Schlenk was in the broadcast today. Bogey is starting one-on-one drills now. So he is getting closer and closer to getting back on the court. But it's great to see the bench uh, players settling into the roles, playing better. They certainly played better tonight. Uh, these last two games, the bench has played better. But certainly tonight, they played better. And I know a lot of people were pooing on the bench. And it's going to take time, guys. It's going to take time for them to jail, get their legs underneath them, conditioning, uh, shot, Justin Holiday. I'm not giving up on Justin Holiday. I just know a lot of people want to see A.J. Griffin. And I'm trying to tell you the path for A.J. Griffin to get on the court. But certainly, you want your vets to... Get in rhythm because they're going to be needed. They have experience. Uh, both Holiday brothers were in championship organizations or championship level organizations. Um, you're going to need them to perform. And if they're in rhythm, if that unit is building continuity, as Bokey comes into the fold and you know what he can do offensively off the bench, it's only going to make this team more potent. And his spacing on that on that second unit with his scoring and playmaking, is only going to make everyone else around uh, on his bench unit better. So I'm excited for what's to come for this Hawks team. Again, they really did well from the defensive end tonight. Uh, when you look at the final numbers, the Hawks shot just under 57% from the floor versus 43% for the Pistons. So great defensively. They held the Pistons, who shot north of 43% from three, Last game to just under 22% from three. So you address three-point shooting. Uh, Bogdanovich did not kill you like he did game one. So you made a concerted effort to contest three-point shots and run three-point three shooters off the line. That's great. And Hawks shot 41% from three tonight. That's, that's a great sign. They allowed the Pistons to get to the free throw line a lot more. A lot more free throw attempts. 38 free throw attempts for the Pistons. 
versus 18 free throw attempts for the Hawks. Just think if you take away 10 of those free throw attempts from the Pistons, it would be even a bigger blowout in my opinion. But you can't control the officiating, and they talked about it on the broadcast post game that the Hawks did a better job not reacting to unfavorable calls. They just kept playing their game, trying to control the pace and control what they can control, and they certainly controlled this game, especially in that second half. They out-rebounded the Pistons again, 45-42. 31 team assists tonight. That's what I love seeing. Above the 25 assist number, I think that guarantees wins for the Hawks. Right now, I think they're undefeated when they're north of 25 assists this year. Um, that's a great sign. Moving the ball, ball movement, off-ball movement, sharing the ball. You can't complain about that. Five steals tonight, eight blocks. They forced 11 turnovers, scored 10 points off those turnovers. And themselves, they took care of the ball with only seven turnovers in the whole game tonight. Dominated scoring in the paint, 68 points to 54. Uh, just a, a dominant performance for the Atlanta Hawks tonight. Um, just a need, a, a need, much needed two wins. You want to get some momentum, especially going into Milwaukee tomorrow night, because certainly that's going to be a battle. That's going to be a battle tomorrow night. You're going to have to execute defensively. You're going to have to come up with a game plan to try to limit Giannis as best you can. He's one of the most unguardable players in the NBA. Uh, certainly when he gets running downhill, so it's going to take a team effort, team fouls. Don't let one person just rack up on the fouls. They're going to have to be really, really aware of that. Situational awareness is going to be paramount tomorrow night, in my opinion. It's great to see John Collins, you know, playing defense. He's going to be big. DeAndre Hunter is going to be big defensively. Okongu is going to be big. Capella, those forwards and bigs better be ready tomorrow night. And then it's great to see your backcourt, Murray and Young, get into an offensive rhythm tonight because certainly I think it's going to be tough sledding for them tomorrow night as they have a pretty decent uh, defensive backcourt in Milwaukee. So Murray and Trey are going to have to get theirs when they can get theirs, but it's going to be really key for them to share the ball, get everybody else in the rhythm, making it a spread offensive attack. Um, one of the reasons why I, when I watched the Bucks nets game the other night, they were able to close out down the stretch was one Giannis was just dominant. They could not stop him. And D in the defense of Brooklyn was a, a turn, a turnstile at times. Giannis and the team could just get whatever they want. Um, when you have Giannis running downhill, just finishing at will, and then he continues to collapse the defense. And then he's hitting three point shooters and Wesley Matthews and Grayson Allen and so forth. It just makes things so much easier for the Milwaukee Bucks. So we're going to have to have a great defensive game plan tomorrow night against Giannis. We're going to have to have a spread offensive tack, move the ball. We're going to definitely need more than 25 team assists in order to win that game tomorrow night. We're going to have to comp compete on the glass, compete on the glass. I don't expect us to win the rebounding margin tomorrow night, but certainly we have to give concerted effort to win that margin or at least get close in that margin so we can get some second chance opportunities. Put a body on a body, box out, and go and get rebounds. You're going to have to do that because certainly this is a team that can be really dominant on the glass. 
Uh, stay attached to shooters. I know we have to focus on Giannis, but we have to stay attached to shooters. I know they don't have Middleton, but certainly Drew Holiday can get you. Uh, Grayson Allen, Allen is playing with some confidence. You already know with Bobby Portis, he just loves playing against the Hawks. He just, for some reason, just turns it up. And we can't sleep on Brooke Lopez. So it's going to be a tough matchup on the road against the Milwaukee Bucks. As I said, we're a five and a half point underdog as of right now on Friday night at 1130 p.m. here on the East Coast. Uh, I'd be interested to see what that line closes at. But certainly it's great to get two wins, build some confidence, build some continuity, find some things that works and Tomorrow is going to be really key. It's going to have to be a team effort to, tomorrow night. Uh, Murray's going to have to bring it, uh, especially on the defensive end, be disruptive. Trey Young's have to get everybody involved and get his when he can. I know they're going to do a really good job of probably guarding the pick and rolls. So we're going to have to move the ball, get our forwards and bigs, some clean looks through ball movement, off ball movement, and, and so forth. So, hey, look. This is the best team you're going to play in this early season. The cupcakes are out the way. I wish we were undefeated going into Milwaukee, but 4-1 is still great. Still great to start the year. I know there was a stat that said when the Hawks start 4-1 to open the season, they have a really high percentage uh, chance to make the playoffs. That's great, but you start that. In October, these quote-unquote meaningless games in October that very few eyes are watching as football is looming and the World Series is on and hockey is starting. Are you winning when no one's looking? That's when it has to come down to. Are you winning when no one's looking? No one is really looking at you playing the Pistons back-to-back games except me and True Hawks fans. No one's watching you play the Magic, the Rockets, the Hornets, which was an ugly loss, but because of... All the other sports going on. No one really paid attention to that. But we did. We did. Maybe a few more eyes um, this week, weekend, this Saturday against the Bucks. But certainly this is not a game that they're going to need. I'm sorry. They're gonna not going to need any extra motivation for this game. They're going to be ready. They're going to be up. It's about executing, bringing energy and effort. You already know what Giannis can do. And I'm excited to see them get back on the court. Uh, second out of a back-to-back, let's ride. <laughs> and let's ride in our seats on planes. Don't be like Russell Wilson and do high knees and all that other stuff on planes. I'm trying to sleep. I'm trying to mind my own business. Sit down somewhere. Um, but I appreciate you guys listening to my podcast. hope you're sitting down somewhere safe, sound, out of harm's way. And if you love what you heard today... Give us five stars, give us a good review, share it, and tell everybody about the hottest new podcast covering the Atlanta Hawks. You know the drill, share with Hawks fans, NBA fans, Georgia sports fans, basketball fans, does not matter. Put this on. Not a lot of ears and eyes on the Hawks right now. So this is the perfect time to share this podcast. Let that number grow. Tell some more people about the show. And so then when other sports are fading away and the Hawks are heating up, You and your friends are already on this podcast knowing what's going on day to day with the Hawks. So put a brother on, give us a good review, share with people. You know the drill. Follow us on Twitter at Ethos Hawks. On Twitter, that's at Ethos Hawks. And then follow myself on Twitter at Brad Jarrett 
8867. That is Brad, J-A-R-R-E-T-T-6-7. We'll catch you guys after the Milwaukee game. Cannot wait for tomorrow night to watch that. I know a lot of Georgia fans are going to be watching that Florida game. That's at 2.30. You have no excuse to watch the Hawks tomorrow night. So we'll catch you guys after the Bucks game. And let's go Hawks.